Well, hello and welcome in to Mr. Stillman's Opus. Glad to have you on the show once again. I am Ben George. He is John Stillman, a Chartered Retirement Planning Counselor at Rosewood Wealth. John, how are you today? Doing great. Always good to talk with you. It is always good to talk with you as well. I saw something in the news that I want to throw your way before I hop into today's conversation on IRAs, because I think it ties in a little bit, but I don't know if you saw this as well. But Ray Dalio, the billionaire investor, he said that there's one of the reasons why, and I know there's we've kind of had this recession kind of lingering over us, and it just seems like think, there's big signals in terms of what's going on in the economy, right? Sometimes it looks like uh, the, uh, well, the market, stock market's going well, but there's all this debt concern, and there's just so many different factors. But he said that one of the reasons why he thinks that this this thing's drug on as long as it has because there's this big transfer of wealth to the private sector. And I just started thinking about, too, with the baby boomer generation the, passing on a lot of wealth, right? Is that happening a lot that you see where these IRAs and other assets are being passed along and and if there is this big transfer of wealth happening? Absolutely. So the number that they gave a couple of years ago um, said that between the years of 2020 and 2040, we are going to have $40 trillion, trillion with a T, uh, $40 trillion of wealth that would pass from the baby boomer generation dying out to you know their kids and grandkids. Um, so for the most part, it's a boomers to millennials transfer of wealth, right? You know, there are different metrics that some people put on that. Some will say 55 trillion, others have said 35, but 40 trillion seems like a pretty good estimate of how much is going to be passing from one generation to the next. And yeah, I mean, basically every, I don't know about every month, but pretty close to every month, I have a client whose parents pass on and leave them some money. Hmm. Um, so in a lot of cases, it's more than the kid. And when I say kid, they could be 50 years old. Um, they could be 60. So not a kid per se, but it's a lot more very often than they think they're ever going to inherit. I think that generation just didn't talk about money a whole lot. So yeah. the kids have no idea what mom and dad have. And so they're thinking, yeah, well, maybe there's $50,000 in a bank account and we'll sell their house and get some money from that. Uh, and then the reality is they've got half a million dollars in investments that the kids never knew about. So hmm. yes, we are well into that 20 year phase of money passing on. Well, I know that we're talking about IRAs in particular, because I know some rules have changed here recently, but with this uh, transfer of wealth, are the assets primarily coming over in an IRA form? What would you typically see when people are passing along? So a lot of them, yes. Although with that generation that's dying out right now, they didn't necessarily have 401ks for all of their working life, like the people True. that will be dying in about 20 years. So in a decade or two, a tremendous amount of the money that will be passed on will be IRA money. But now it's, yeah, yes, there is a lot of IRA money, but in most cases, it's not the majority of what somebody is passing on. All right, very good. So as we dive in this, into this today, make sure to jot down meetwithjohn.com or remember that. It's very easy to remember. You can get on John's calendar. Just go to meetwithjohn.com. So I mentioned some of the rules of change, and this is kind of where, where we should start. The Secure Act 2020, which seems like a lifetime ago here, just three years later, but that brought along a lot of changes to retirement planning, but specifically to inherited IRA. So what has changed in these last three years? Yeah. So the way it used to be, if you inherited an IRA, this was before the secure act, which passed in 
early 2020. Uh, so it didn't get talked about a lot because it was quickly subsumed in the news cycle by the pandemic. And then nobody thought about anything else for like 18 <laughs> months. So January of 2020 is when they passed the SECURE Act. And part of the SECURE Act said that we're getting rid of stretch IRAs. Okay, what's that mean? So the way it used to be, if let's say in 2018 or 2019, you inherited an IRA, you could take distributions from that account for the rest of your life that you would be required to withdraw a percentage every year, but you never had to clean out the whole account. You just had to take a percentage of the account every single year until you die, and then it would pass on to your beneficiaries. So the SECURE Act got rid of the stretch IRA, except for a few nuanced people that we'll talk about here in a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But now the rule is you inherit that IRA, you have to withdraw all of it in 10 years. Now notice, I didn't say you have to withdraw some every year for 10 years. I just said you have to withdraw all of it, which means paying the taxes on all of it within 10 years. So you can't defer those taxes the rest of your life. You inherit that IRA. You're going to have to clean it out and pay all those taxes within a decade. Which, although the rules aren't as favorable anymore, it still gives you some flexibility to really plan and think through when you want to take that that money out, right? Yeah, like years. let's say you inherit $200,000 in an IRA. It's not like that $200,000 is immediately taxable the moment you get it. That would be rough. But yeah, if you have to take twenty dollars or $30,000 out every year for a decade... Well, that's something you need to plan for because it is going to affect your taxes. All right. So the rules aren't necessarily the same for everyone, right? So what is actually considered an eligible designated beneficiary? And then obviously, why does that matter? Yep. So if you're a spouse, if your husband dies and leaves you his IRA, if you're the primary beneficiary, well, you're not subject to this 10-year rule. You could go about it that way if you want to. You could withdraw it in 10 years. Or you could keep the old stretch IRA option where you take a little bit out over the course of your life. Or you can just roll it into your own IRA. So let's suppose that you know husband is 65, he dies relatively young, leaves money in an IRA to his wife who's 63, she can just roll it into her IRA and then she won't have to touch it at all until her RMD age, which is going to be 73. So if you're a spouse, you have a lot of options. Most of the time, you're just going to roll it into your own retirement account. If you're like a disabled child or a chronically ill child, or not even a child, just a beneficiary, chronically ill or disabled beneficiary, you can do the 10-year rule. You can also still do the stretch it out over your lifetime withdrawal. You can't do the roll it into your own IRA thing. That's only for the spouse. Uh, so that's another option. Or if the beneficiary is within 10 years in age of the person they inherited it from. So let's say you, you're not married. You don't have kids. You leave money to your sister who's three years younger than you. Well, in that case, your sister could do the 10-year deal or again, take it out over the course of her lifetime. So those are the the three areas where it's not the 10-year rule. You have some options. Well, that's, I guess most people aren't going to fall into that designated beneficiary. So you're looking at that 10-year rule is really your only choice. So if this is the case, then John, how do you proceed? What, what are you thinking about here and what are we discussing? Well, so most people, when they get this taxable pot of money, what are they going to do? Are most people excited about paying taxes? 
Negative. They're not. I've been studying that for a long time. <laughs> Anecdotally, people are not excited about paying taxes. So what are they going to do? They're going to say, well, I don't want to pay any taxes this year. So I'm just going to put it off. I'll deal with it another year. And then next year, well, I don't really need the money this year. I don't want to create any taxable income. I don't want to have to create. And so they're going to put it off for another year. Well, next thing you know, hmm. that $200,000 that you inherited, you've now put it off for six or seven years. And now it's grown. Now it's 275000 And we still have to get all of it out by year 10. Hmm. So now we have a lot per year that we have to pull out. So that's what happens on some fronts. For other people, it's just, oh, well, this is a big pot of money. Like this is found money. I wasn't counting on any of it. Uh, I don't care if I have to pay taxes on it. I'm just going to start taking out a lot. Well, those are the folks that often, um, if they're doing that, they haven't done a great job of saving for themselves, right? So really, they should be looking at this money as all right, this is going to help shore up my retirement plan that was otherwise not in great shape because I hadn't done a great job of saving. But of course, because they don't think that way, they're the ones that don't have much save for retirement. So they're going to end up blowing through this money quicker than they should. And then the blowing through is going to go even faster because they see, all right, well, $150,000 in that account. Great. Well, you don't really have $150,000, right? Because you have to pay taxes on it. So that's usually the two different ways I see it go. Those 10 years come quick, too, I bet, for those that decide to wait. I, I just think about how fast time flies. I can't imagine that, you know, a couple of years you, you forget about it. And the next thing you know, you have this huge tax bill just waiting for you. Yep. Yeah, right. well, and the reality is, I mean, th again, this has only been the law since 2020. So yeah. we haven't yet hit the 10-year mark or even the 7-year mark for people that are in procrastination mode. Hmm. But we definitely do have a couple of people who inherited an IRA in, let's say, 2021, and still haven't taken anything out of it. Now, in a lot of those cases, there's a reason that we're putting it off. So it could be like, well, you know, we're making a lot of money this year, but we're going to retire ourselves in two years. We'll wait and take it out then when we're retired. Okay, that makes sense. But that only works if you have a plan, not just indiscriminately putting it off because you don't want to pay taxes for as long as possible. Yeah. All right. Well, I know there's the Roth IRA, which you build and grow to take out later without having to pay any taxes. So how does this one factor in if you inherit a Roth IRA? I'm assuming there's no taxes to pay, right? Am I wrong? Still no taxes to pay. However, they do still require you to withdraw the money within 10 years. You say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Why do matter? they care how quickly I take it out? It makes sense with the IRA, right? They, they've let your mom and dad or whoever passed the money to you, they let them defer the taxes for all those years. And now they're saying, you can't also defer the taxes indefinitely. We want our tax revenue now or within the next 10 years. So with the Roth, you would think, well, there's no tax revenue for them there. So why do they care how quickly I take it out? Well, the reason is because they don't want to let you continue growing and deferring it tax-free hmm. forever. Gotcha. Because if you just left it alone forever, you could end up with millions in this tax-free pot and they don't want that to happen. So if you inherit a Roth IRA, then yeah, you still have to take all of it out within 10 years. But in that case, it's a different story, right? Because now we actually do, in most cases, want to leave it alone in that account until year 10. Because the longer we can leave it alone in there, the more it grows, the more tax-free dollars we have. So if you inherit a Roth, it's not, let's take a little bit out every year and kind of spread out the tax burden. It's let's let it cook as long as we can because there won't be a tax burden. 
let's enjoy all the years of tax-free growth that we can possibly get. So, you know, most people, I think when I explain it that way, it's probably pretty intuitive and that makes sense. But most folks I found aren't going to think through that on their own. So that's why it's usually good to have help when you have unexpected money fall into your lap. Or even if it was expected, you probably want some help managing that. Yeah, that's always most important, right? To have a plan, a strategy with that money. You don't want to get that money and receive that inheritance and then, you know, blow it or not put it to use for for your for you or your needs, your goals, whatever it is. Um, so it's something to think about. Again, if you have questions for John, just go to meetwithjohn.com or you can also call 800-545-2991. And uh, I don't know, John, is there anything else here that you want to kind of wrap up with? I know this is something that maybe a lot of people will face um, at some point and having this inherited IRA come into their life and some things to think about, but any final thoughts to close it out? Well, I think you absolutely nailed it right there. If you haven't dealt with this yet, and it seems like a foreign concept to you, uh, understand that there's a good chance there will probably be some kind of money coming your way at some point in the not too distant future, just because of the demographics that we're seeing. So many dollars are going to be passed down. Uh, and a lot of them in the coming years are going to be IRA dollars. So this is something you need to be prepared for. Just curious, if you do receive, say, a Roth IRA, I'll use that for the example. In 10 years, what happens in 10 years? If I just kind of put it aside and don't think about it because I don't need the money right now, let's say, what happens in 10 years? Does the government automatically pull that money out and send to my account? Do I get notices through the mail? Do I get phone calls? What happens? Yeah, they're going to start penalizing you for money that you should have taken out but didn't. Okay. Um, Now... How sophisticated is the IRS's record keeping going to be to know, like, do they have a countdown clock on you and they know that you just got this account Hmm. and you have to pull it out by year X? Well, we don't know. We haven't gotten to the 10 year mark yet with any of this to see, uh, because again, it's only been a law for a couple of years. So we don't know exactly how good they're going to be at being on top of it and penalizing people who should have taken money out and didn't. But in theory, that's what will happen. So I won't get a heads up like, hey, uh, we don't want to penalize you, so make sure you pull this out within the next month. They just You just get hit with the penalty and then kind of opened your eyes to, hey, I need well, to take some action. You you might get a heads up. We really don't know um, until we get there, and it's going to be another, what, six, seven years before yeah. we're approaching that. Well, I'm sure we'll have another 90,000 IRS agents by then, John, so we'll be yeah. able to track it down. Hopefully. Maybe that's what they're <laughs> wanting to hire all those people for is to proactively help people out. It could be. I'm sure their only goal is to help us out. All right, mm-hmm. let's close it out. John, as always, a pleasure talking with you. Glad everything's going well for you at Rosewood Wealth. And again, if you want to talk with John, uh, have an IRA that's come into your life, or you know that, hey, maybe I could be receiving something down the road. I need to start talking about my strategy for how I'm going to withdraw this money over the 10 years if I need to do that. Just go to meet with John. John, as always, we'll do it again soon. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Carolina Wealth Stewards Doing Business as Rosewood Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor in the state of North Carolina. The material presented is intended to be general information and should not be construed by any consumer as the rendering of personalized investment advice. 